there's um, there's a rather lengthy, well, I think there's a rather lengthy agenda in front of us. Are there any additions that need to be made? Or, or and is there a possibility of deletion? Uh, we do have one addition. It's the RFP or an enabling motion. Okay. And we're putting that under new business? That is correct. And what about deletion? Uh, we, we can delete all the uh, check rate receipts. Uh, no, we'll leave them on. Okay, uh, I'll take a motion to accept the Is there a third agenda item for the, the uh, in camera? Or is it covered on here? I think that's the one that we're going to deal with uh, at the next council meeting that uh, came from economic development. So. We're, we're, we're okay on that item. All right. Uh, I would move the agenda uh, with the addition of number eight, the enabling motion. Item eight for the motion. All right. All in Asked, we can now go to the adoption of minutes for August the 14th, 2017, regular council meeting. Uh, are there any corrections or clarifications that are required here? I'll move that the uh, minutes of the August 14th minutes be approved as uh, submitted. Okay. Um, any debate on that item? If not, uh, all in favor? Uh, we have uh, three public hearings. Uh, the first public hearing will be on bylaw 204, which is a bylaw to amend bylaw 1891, the land use bylaw. And this will be to rezone a portion of Northeast Order 368322, so the 5th from residential fee to residential manufactured uh, home subdivision district. So I. Uh, <coughs> In line with that, I, I hereby declare the statutory public hearing open at uh, 8 minutes past 5 on September the 11th, 2017, and note that this hearing is being held pursuant to sections 7, 8, 230, 606, and 692 of the Municipal Government Act. Uh, I will ask Ms. McClague, the executive assistant, to confirm what the purpose of the public hearing is. The public purpose of this public hearing is bylaw 2004, a bylaw to amend 1891, the land use bylaw, to rezone a portion of Northeast 368322 West of the 5th, residential two, district R2, to residential manufactured mobile home subdivision district. RNHS. And when uh, was the public hearing notice advertised? Was it like the news, in, the, in the newspaper record? The local newspaper? The local newspaper record is that the statutory advertisements were made on August 23rd, August 30th, and September 6th, 2017. And were there any written submissions received but not included in the public hearing agenda package? There were none, Your Worship. Therefore, we don't need to read them into the record. 
Um, I will request that all persons giving oral presentations to clearly state their name and that the presentations are to be brief and to the point. So I will now call on the development officer, uh, Ms. Alicia Modi, uh, to present the, uh, the bylaw. Good evening, Council. Alicia Modi, Municipal Park. I'm here to present Filer 7-4, which rezones a portion of land from R2 to our manufactured home uh, subdivision within the canopy server. The land is uh, Northeast 368322 West Oak uh, which is in the northwest portion of the town of the server, which you can see on Schedule A, which is attached to the bylaw. Uh, this Rezoning proposes to allow a manufactured home to be placed on the property. As you can see uh, from the pictures provided, pictures uh, one or figures one through five are pictures of the property. Uh, the property is large and does have a manufactured home foundation on it that exists today. However, that structure has been removed. There are also several uh, accessory buildings and structures um, and at the time of the site visit, there were a number of recreational vehicles. The residential site is also circled by a fence that's approximately four feet in height. Uh, the property is has access from 99th Ave, and there is on-site sewage disposal and water is provided through the town water line, which, and there was an agreement signed pertaining to that water service in 1992. Uh, so the Uses that are enabled within these districts are relatively similar. However, the key difference is that a, a manufactured home is enabled within the proposed zoning and that is not enabled within the R2 zoning, which is why we're here today. Uh, we have received feedback from CN Rail, which should be attached to your package. Uh, it is, they provided their principal branch line requirements, which is a standard uh, reaction to most any development uh, proposal within or adjacent to the, the rail line. However, the town's ability to, uh, to deal with these requirements is relatively limited with the current zoning. Um, however, the first, one of the first requirements uh, is with respect to a safety berm, um, which is, would be a minimum of 50 meter setback, and then the berm would, they would require, if they had the authority, a two meter high berm uh, along the side of the rail line. Given the site slopes, which you can see in uh, figure six, the land is significantly sloped. So the difference in elevation between the existing housing site and the rail line is relatively significant, uh, not less than 15 meters based on our contour data and based on the site plan or the uh, site visit that I did take in mid-August, I would concur there was the rail line is definitely quite distant and also you can't see it from an elevation perspective. There's lots of hills on this property. Um, with respect to the other requirements that CN would place if they have the authority, either they do require a fence. As I've noted, there is a fence around the residential property. It is not a chain link fence or an industrial standard that would prevent trespass if someone really wanted to go there. Um, but it does provide a separation. Um, 
In terms of the legal clauses, the drainage report, um, and requiring any agreements between CN and the landowner, those are things that are outside our jurisdiction, unless the town would undertake a specific land use bylaw amendment relating to the requirements that CN would require. We don't have the authority within our bylaw as it stands today to place those requirements on any development that is permitted to use within one of our land use districts. Um, this is the, the property or the applicant has not provided any reports or analysis with respect to noise or vibration. Um, however, and, and once this land use bylaw amendment is complete, if it is complete, the town will have the authority to require those. So if council was uncomfortable making this decision without that information, now is the time to do it. It's not after the bylaw amendment has happened. This is the moment where we have the authority to require that information. That being said, this, uh, this application is simply changing one residential district for another. Uh, we're not proposing to increase the density or increase the number of residences that have been on this parcel. Uh, so it does feel onerous for the town to make that requirement at this point. Uh, so therefore we've got three options before council tonight. Provide second and third reading of bylaw 2004. Provide second reading, which would allow you to ask for more information or to defeat or not provide second reading of bylaw 2004. And it's our recommendation that council proceed with second and third reading. I don't take any questions you might have. Yeah, I have a couple of questions. So my understanding after reading this, we're just correcting the verbiage within the document? We're changing the district so that a different type of dwelling, which is separately defined within our bylaw, is enabled. Okay, because the reason, my, my next question is, um, does the applicant still have to go through whole, this whole process, being that there was a trailer and or a modular home on the property? And that's just being replaced. So there was previously a manufactured home, is my understanding. If this zoning is passed, then they will be able to apply to replace that with that manufactured home with a new manufactured home. And because it's permitted use, provided they meet all the site requirements, so then yes. So why can't they just replace what was already there without doing this? Because it was already there. The zoning, <coughs> the land use changes old rules no longer apply. So what may have been acceptable in the early 90s when that was initially developed would not be okay today. And the zoning that was applied on this land was the R2 district, which does not allow for a manufactured home. So since we know that's what the applicant is proposing to place there, we have to change the district. We don't have the ability to say yes right now. And if, if my property were to ha have a house on it today and it's owned commercial and i want to replace that house i can't do that that's that's just the nature of zoning and the, the land use bylaw okay so the other question i have would have then is and i don't know if you can answer this or not so when that's so I, my understanding is the original home was placed on there whatever year mm -hmm. um and it was zoned for that at that time. The zoning has then changed. When that zoning was changed, was would there be letters given out to, notices <coughs> given out to the, those people affected by the rezoning at that time? Uh, anybody who's affected by the rezoning should have been notified, yes. 
I, I can't speak to for sure if that happened. I would have to go and see if the town had those records or not. Um, if memory serves, there was a previous uh, application or proposal earlier in the 2000s uh, that would have seen a different type of dwelling constructed on this parcel, in which case the zoning would have been appropriate. Thank you. Mm -hmm. The letter from CN looks like it's a form letter, like so it's not. They didn't. There's no indication of saying that they had something on site and re realized that this was an existing development and it's simply a minor <laughs> tweak in a land use file that's precipitated our, our letter then. They, they didn't factor that in at all in their, their response. I would agree with your perception. So when I read letter G, I will just shake my head and, and be silent then. Is that all right? Based on our land use bylaw today, we do not have the authority to ask anybody to use G for any use that's a permitted use in the district. So when does CN have the authority to impose these? They don't. Will they in any part of the town of East River? They don't have the authority. Um, they, they don't have the authority. The town is the development authority and we they have the ability to provide comment and we have the ability to take that comment into consideration and potentially proceed with their recommendations. That being said, on a permitted use, our ability to act on their recommendations is limited. So once this is, goes forward, if it goes forward, then on a application for a manufactured home, we would have limited authority to deal with those recommendations. So if we do wanna deal with any of them, at this moment that we can. Some of them would require much more than, they, they would require a separate land file amendment to be able to understand how to deal with them. It's much beyond this rezoning. If um, this passes and then in the future, uh, the landowner wants to build a regular house there, can they do that or what would they have to do? They would have to rezone. They do see it. No, the landowner, if they wanted to suddenly build a house instead of putting a manufactured or whatever home on it, they'd have to rezone. That's right. Right. With the way that bylaw is written today, yeah. The only other question I have with, in terms of the CM stuff, and I'm not sure how valid it is, I'm assuming that the berms are anticipated if there was ever a derailment and there was anchor cars there and stuff was built that supposedly would the berm would direct any spill away from the residence. In this particular case, you're saying that there is a hill that would do the function, provide that same function, or do we know? CN's not explicit with respect to what they're hoping to accomplish with the berm, so I can't say that for certain. The elevation change between the site, the residential site and the rail line here is 15 meters at minimum, so it seems that that would be more than sufficient than a two meter berm. And I think the, the thing that's considered here was if that were a consideration of if that was what CN's intent was, then CN should be purchasing property and putting in the firm itself. They shouldn't require an adjacent landowner to provide that for But I guess I still maintain or I believe that that form letter we got from CN is covered off for new developments where it is reasonable that between the developer and CN you would try to implement measures to protect 
you know, future residents, you know, and I don't have an issue with that, but when it's an existing development, I'm more, you know, like, come on, you guys, don't be silly. Okay, uh, Mr. Sunshine, do you have any questions? Okay, um, uh, thank you, Ms. Woody. Uh, I will now call on those in favor of the bylaw who wish to, to speak to come forward. It, this actually in my cheat sheet, it just says, I will now call on those in favor of the bylaw. But I imagine that if uh, there must be more than uh, one person. <laughs> so, and if they don't come forward and speak, uh, you should give them the, uh, the presence of Okay, I will now call on those opposed to the bylaw who wish to come forward and make a presentation. Uh, neither hearing nor seeing anyone, I will. Uh, I will now call on any person deemed to be affected who wishes to be heard to come forward and make their presentation. Uh, neither hearing nor seeing anyone come forward. I will, uh, uh, I will I make the assumption that all presentations have been made and I will now uh, declare the public hearing closed. And, uh, uh, 19 minutes after five. Thank you. That will now allow us to go to uh, bylaw 2011. This is also a statutory, uh, this will also require a statutory bylaw hearing. Uh, this bylaw 2011 is to amend bylaw 1891, the land use bylaw to rezone. Plan 3596 KS, Lot 1 from Lot 1 to R1A to R2. Uh, so I will hereby declare uh, this a statutory public hearing open at 20 minutes after 5 uh, on September the 11th, 2017, and note that this hearing is being held pursuant to Section 7A. 3696 1A to R2. And uh, when was the public hearing noticed in public hearing? Uh, when when was that notice uh, advertised in the record cassette, which is the local newspaper of record? The statutory public hearing notice was published in the record gazette on August 23rd, August 30th, and September 6th, 2017. Um, and were there any written Written submissions received that were not included in the public hearing agenda package. There were none, Your Worship. Thank you. So all persons uh, giving an oral presentation uh, are to clear, clearly state their name and make their presentations brief and to the point. I will now call on Ms. Modi, the development officer, to uh, make a presentation. 
So bylaw 2011 uh, rezones a single lot from the R1A district to the R2 district. This lot is up in the uh, Door High School area of town. And the purpose of the rezoning is to enable the landowner to develop a secondary suite to an existing single detached dwelling that is on site. Table one here provides you a comparison of the different enabled uses within each district. As you can see, they're relatively similar. However, there are a few key differences, including that a secondary suite is a discretionary use within the R2 district, and it is not listed within the R1 district. This is a single uh, residential parcel. The existing development is a single detached dwelling. Uh, there's also a retaining wall and a fence on the property. It is a corner lot. At the corner of 102nd Street, which is known as Kaufman Hill, and 91st Ave, which is the road to the high school. It is served by the town's water and sanitary systems. Uh, if you look at the attached Schedule A, you can see that the parcels to the north and west of this parcel are both zoned R2. Um, one of them contains a single detached dwelling and the other a semi-detached dwelling. To the east, there is the 102nd Street and also the Cold Springs Manufactured Home Park that has multiple dwelling units. And to the south is 91st Ave and the Peace River High School. Uh, the proposed rezoning is consistent with our municipal development plan, which directs that the area should be residential. And it is also supportive of residential policies within the MDP that support the creation of a variety of housing types and the sensitive redevelopment of existing neighborhoods. Uh, this residential neighborhood is highly diverse with a number of different types of housing options including apartment buildings, row houses, and manufactured homes in the neighborhood. The rezoning does not significantly increase the type or number of permitted uses within or for this property and the subject parcel regardless of its residential district is within the environmentally sensitive overlay of our land use bylaw which means that if any significant redevelopment were to happen on this parcel we could ask for geotechnical report. Uh, to support the development permit application prior to making a decision. So we have three options before council this evening. Provide second and third reading of the bylaw. Provide second reading of the bylaw, which could enable us to provide additional information to council prior to making a decision, or could defeat and not provide second reading of bylaw 2011. And it is administration's recommendation that council proceed with second and third reading of the bylaw. So this is a, like a basement suite or is it an addition on the house or it doesn't matter to our, for our purposes really, does it? For your purposes it doesn't, yeah. A secondary suite is, is a yeah. suite within the single detached dwelling. Well, in terms of affordable housing, that's one way of adding to the number. Thank you. So this is in a, uh, you know, uh, geologically uh, sensitive area. Um, so is the owner, builder aware of the letter that was sent to all residents in and around this area regarding the slide protection? I have the list. Okay. And we, we as a town have made a determination that this, uh, because we're not requesting a geotech report, the town has made a determination that uh, on a, this, this condition 
do not have any impact on the on the effects of at this point, we're dealing with the request to enable a secondary suite. So I can't speak to whether it's secondary suite within the basement, the existing structure of the building, or if it's an addition to. If it was an addition to, then that would certainly be a question that we would put to our engineer as to whether or not a, a geotechnical report would be appropriate prior to making a decision on the development permit application. But at this point, at the land use bylaw stage, for subbing one residential district for another, we don't need the geotechnical report at this point. Okay. Are we still useful to the municipal planning commission? That's right. For the development permit application. Why is everybody there? We're just curious. Any other questions? Uh, I will uh, now call on those in favor of the bylaw who wish to be heard to come forward and make any, any presentations. I will, um, I will now call on those opposed to the bylaw who wish to be heard to come forward and make a presentation. If you're hearing or seeing anyone I will now, uh, I, will, I will assume that all presentations have been made and I will now declare the public, oh, I do have to call on any person who feels that they are affected and who wishes to be heard to come forward. Or did I already say that? No. Uh, who wishes to be heard to come forward and make a presentation? You're hearing or seeing anyone, I will now uh, declare that all presentations have been made and I will declare the public hearing closed at 32 minutes after five. We will now go on to the next public hearing, which will be uh, bylaw 2012 to amend again. Bylaw 1891, the land use bylaw, and this will be to specify the number of dwelling units permitted on a lot. Uh, so I will declare a statutory public hearing open at 32 minutes after 5. And note that this hearing is being held pursuant to section 7, 8, 230, 606, and 692 of the Municipal Government Act. I will uh, request that Ms. McQuaid, the executive assistant, confirm what the purpose of this public hearing is. Your Worship and Council, the purpose of this public hearing is bylaw 2012 to amend 1891, the land use bylaw, to specify the number of dwelling units permitted on a lot. And when was the public hearing noti uh, notice advertised in the Record Gazette? Local newspaper record. Statutory public hearing notice was published in the local newspaper, the Record Gazette, on August 23rd, August 30th, and September 6th of 2017. And uh, were there any written submissions received on, on, on bylaw 2012 and not included in the public hearing agenda package? There were none, sir. 
So I will ask that all persons giving oral <coughs> presentations be clearly state their name and to make their presentations brief and to the point. I will now call on the town development officer, Ms. Alicia Modi, to uh, come forward and make the presentation on this file. This file is 2012. Uh, this is to clarify the number of dwelling units that are allowed per lot uh, within the line of bylaw. So this comes out of bylaw 2000, a question that was posed uh, during uh, the first reading of bylaw 2004 as to whether or not a number of dwellings would be allowed to, could be allowed to be placed on a single large parcel of land. Um, and the answer to that was yes, because while some of our land use districts do have uh, maximum density requirements, they do have a significant number of large parcels of land that have a residential zone applied to them. So even if you are setting a maximum of six dwelling units per net acre, as is in our uh, R1A district, if you have a quarter section, that still provides for a good number of dwelling units. And therefore, administration didn't feel that that uh, maximum density provided enough clarity with respect to the number of dwelling units that were acceptable on a single parcel. So this bylaw explicitly limits the number of dwelling units to one per lot, except in cases where multiple dwelling units are specifically allowed, as in the cases of an apartment building or a secondary suite, as we were just discussing. Uh, so this bylaw was advertised, um, and prior to first reading. So this evening we are looking for first, second, and third reading because we have achieved the required advertising. So the options are to provide first, second, and third reading, which would provide the clarity and bring us into certain conformity with the Municipal Government Act. Um, provide second, or first and second reading, and if you have any further questions, then we can bring further information prior to third reading, or you could defeat or not provide first reading to this bylaw. And it is administration's recommendation that you provide first, second, and third reading to the bylaw 2012. Questions of Ms. Moody? Is there any particular reason we're doing all three? I guess my preference would be not to do three readings in one evening to allow for people if they want to lobby counselors. Just to see the optics of spreading it out just is better. Mm -hmm. There's no requirement. We're not. We don't have an application waiting this decision. No, we don't have a specific application that this relates to. With simply the way our land use bylaw is written, if someone or if the town is initiating a bylaw, the land use bylaws that council should direct administration to advertise. So we've done the statutory advertising just like if we had done first reading at the previous council. We've done two weeks worth of advertising. Now we're at the point where you could do one, two, or three meetings this evening. And, and, and uh, if you don't mind me interjecting a little bit, but, but with bylaw 2004, where we're uh, changing that uh, zoning there, one of the questions that council had was how many units can be on that lot. So therefore, if you want to ensure that uh, you know, one unit is on that lot, then this, this bylaw would uh, ensure that that would occur. <coughs> so that's the other reason why uh, staff is basically suggesting that. Pass the other bylaw. That's just, yeah, so you want to pass the other one, uh, you know, they kind of like go hand in hand. Um. I will now call on those in favor of the bylaw. 
and it always took me for her to come forward and, and make a presentation. Neither hearing nor seeing one, I will, anyone coming forward, I will now call on those opposed to the bylaw who wish to be heard to come forward and make a presentation. Neither seeing nor hearing anyone, I will now call on those who call on any person who feels that they are maybe may be affected and who wish to be heard to come forward and make a presentation. Neither seeing nor hearing anyone uh, coming forward uh, under that call, I will I will declare that all presentations have been made and I will now declare this public hearing closed at uh, 39 minutes after five. And, and, and just for the record, so if anyone was listening to this on tape, uh, there really is no, there's nobody in the audience at all. So that's why the process was going a little bit faster. Uh, it's not because the mayor is rushing anything. It's that there's nobody in attendance. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Parker for the color commentary. <laughs> um, we are we going to receive a presentation from the uh, Region 6 Métis National Assembly? We certainly are, Your Worship. No, they aren't here yet. Yes, I do actually. I, <laughs> sorry, I, I was waiting for the camera comes. <laughs> so, uh, uh, the card that came with this is uh, Dear Tom, thanks for attending our annual assembly in Peace River. And that is from the president. Well, thank you very much. Wonderful, uh, wonderful like work. Thank the Mitchie uh, Nation of Alberta uh, for this gift. And Mr. Parker, if you can find a prominent place to display it in the Town hall. I will, sir, and I'll make sure it's not like uh, the other picture that. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, in the. Uh, uh, didn't work anyway. I, I think. Uh, send you one. Thank you. takes us uh, straight into bylaws and a request for a decision regarding bylaw 2004 and this again was a bylaw to amend bylaw 1891 
the land use bylaw to rezone any portion of uh, Northeast 368322 West of the 5th from R2 to Residential Manufactured Home Subdivision District or MHS. Your Worship, I put a motion on the floor to provide second reading to bylaw 2004. Uh, any debate? Any questions? All in favor? Your Worship, I put a motion on the floor to pro provide third reading to bylaw 2004 amendment to land bylaw 1891. All in favor? And that will take us to uh, a request for decision on uh, bylaw 2011 to amend bylaw 1891, the land use bylaw to rezone plan 3596 Second reading, all in favor of second passing second reading. Passed. Your Worship, I put a motion on the floor to allow bylaw 2012 amendment to land use bylaw 1891 proceed to third reading. All in favor of proceeding to third reading? Who wishes to make a bylaw on the third reading or to uh, I make a motion, Your Worship, to uh, take uh, bylaw 212 to third reading. Or 2012. Or 2012, sorry. To uh, third reading. Third reading, yeah. So this is passing the third reading? No, this is for third reading. For third reading, yeah. All in favor? Actually, I thought Councillor Fort did for going to move to fourth. Yeah. So Councillor Fort moved it to third reading, so this would have been passing third reading. Yeah. Right. And I corrected. Um, and that takes us to item four under bylaws. This is another request for decision. Uh, this is bylaw 2013. This is to amend bylaw 1839. Saint Germain Creek Area Structure Plan. Um, I perhaps Ms. Bodie, you can uh, just advise us where we're at on this particular matter. This uh, bylaw 2013 proposes to amend the Saint Germain Creek Area Structure Plan. So the bylaw itself uh, has an attached Schedule A, which is the updated area structure plan, which incorporates all of the amendments that are proposed. Uh, 
The St. Germain Creek area structure plan has been in place since 2009, and the southeast corner of the area has been development has been developed in a land use pattern that's consistent with the plan. However, the balance of the area remains undeveloped, and a number of landowners, uh, five landowners, would like to remove their land from the St. Germain Creek area structure plan. So this proposed amendment would do that. It would remove um, five private lots as well as uh, three environmental reserve lots from the area structure plan. Uh, that proposed change is also consistent with bylaw 2005, which is a bylaw that has currently passed first reading at council. It amends the land use bylaw and rezones the land in question from uh, commercial to ag urban reserve which would be consistent then with this area structure plan. So if that those parcels are no longer within the area structure plan, then they no longer have specific planning direction related to them. So then the Ag Urban Reserve District is appropriate uh, as a land use district for that land. So that this plan essentially removes that land and makes any changes to the plan that are resulting from that land being removed as well as making it to a clerical changes such as bylaw references to any bylaw that has changed between 2009 and today. So just to clarify, you're just, uh, all we can do today is first reading. That's right. After first reading, we will proceed to advertising and uh, letting the community know that this change is proposed and then we'll bring forward uh, to public hearing in October. Uh, any questions? First reading of bylaw 2013, an amendment to the St. Germain Creek Area Structure Plan bylaw 1839. All in favor? And that now takes us to a, uh, a request for decision on the 99th Street Slide Remediation Project budget. This is by law 2006. Before you today is a request for decision uh, and the two part uh, decision here. One is to approve the budget and then the associated uh, Debenture bylaw, which would be bylaw 2006. So, as we've discussed over the uh, last couple months with the 99th Street slide remediation project, when we last sat, sat down together, uh, we discussed uh, progressing forward, uh, going out to tender for the pile wall construction, and also going out to tender for the civil works uh, construction to remediate uh, the 99th Street slide and then bring that information back to Council uh, to make a, a financial decision uh, on the way forward. So we have uh, tendered out both those projects to date and both those uh, tenders have closed and we've uh, gotten the subsequent uh, tenders back on that one which are reflected on page five of eight and six of eight 
the pile wall tender uh, basically the loan bid for that came in uh, at 4.17 million from Christian Contracting Limited. Uh, as part of that, we also solicited uh, the pile wall contractors to uh, submit alternative uh, pile wall designs uh, and uh, related pricing for that. Nasdaq Canada and Keller Foundations uh, submitted uh, those alternative designs which are being reviewed right now uh, for compliance and Nasdaq was below at 3.6 million and then Keller Foundation uh, also submitted an alternative design for 4.45 million. So as I said, uh, the alternative designs are uh, just being checked right now for compliance. At this point in time, uh, when you go further down, you'll see that uh, our current budget allocation we're basing on the low tendered amount for the design as tendered, which would be the 4.17 million. The Civil Works tender, uh, the low bid uh, was submitted by McMillan Construction for 1.063 million. So we put those uh, together and then what we looked was uh, put together uh, a budget given what we know right now with the, uh, the tenders that have come in and with the amount of work yet to be completed. So uh, when we're looking at that, the current uh, project estimate Right now it is 6.663 million, well, let's say it's, uh, 6.664 million. Uh, if we're entertained one of the alternative Powell designs, we may be able to bring that budget down to 5.985 million. So uh, that presents us with a number of options right now to entertain in one. Uh, the first option was to approve the funding of the 99th Street Slide Remediation Project with the currently allocated uh, 2.857 million in town funding with the total project budget not to exceed 6.171 million, not including GST. And uh, this option was contingent upon receiving federal and provincial funding. Now as part of this, uh, since we last talked, we have uh, talk with our provincial and federal counterparts and looking at uh, a cost sharing agreement for this project of a third, a third, and a third, third. One third would be borne by the town, and one third by the province, and one third by the federal government. So that, but part of that process was uh, we couldn't uh, award uh, the contract for that. Uh, we would have to up our budget which we have done submit that as part of the business case to the province and the federal government they would then prove it and then uh, then we could proceed to award one of the items that we put within both tenders that we put in that the contractors were to hold the pricing for 120 days to complete that process so option two was to approve funding of the slide remediation project for 2.2 3 million in town funding with the total project budget not to exceed 6.7 million, not including GST upon federal and provincial funding. Uh, so this one was based on allowing the Powell Wall construction and civil work construction to proceed in the design. 
Option three was to approve funding of the 99th Street Slide Remediation Project for 6.7 million in town funding. And this one here would uh, allow the Palo Alto Construction Civil War construction design to proceed. Does not require uh, federal and provincial funding, but allows consideration to, get, to be given out to buying out both affected properties. However, uh, the town at that point would be on uh, on the hook for that entire 6.7 million. Option four is do not approve funding of the 99 Street Slide Remediation Project to exceed the allocated budget of 2.057 million. So that ensures that the engineering miscellaneous costs expended to date would be covered under the existing capital budget allocation. But uh, we would be uh, putting ourselves at financial risk and increases the town liability in case of a slip failure. So the financial impact, if option four is selected, there is no need to amend the budget approvals and debt repayment for the projects currently factored into our operating budget. Uh, Director Town has uh, put together uh, a table uh, looking at all three options and the, the funding allocations uh, for each of those uh, options and some of the like the MSI initiative the town reserves uh, and the other provincial or I don't think we had that into the present uh, project but definitely the town reserves and the MSI was included in the original uh, capital budget for, for this year. Any changes to the town's funding would have to come through debt as our other funding channels are committed. Uh, if the project budget is increased and debt is in, uh, is in the funding mechanism, the increase will be built into and introduced in 2018 budget deliberations. At that point, council's options will be considered before budget changes, tax rate changes, or amending the 2018 capital budget. So our recommendation tonight is to approve the funding in 99th Street Slide Remediation Project of 2.233 million in town funding, with the total project budget not to exceed 6.7 million, not including GST contingent on federal and provincial funding approval, and that the 2017 capital budget be amended to reflect changes to the approval of the 99th Street Slide Remediation Project amounts. So I'll, I'll stop there for questions. Yeah. Questions of Mr. McQuaid? So when you say the um, um, funding from the federal and provincial um, but, or, um, <laughs> governments is yes. what I want, um, then you have a comment that uh, this mean, does this mean that we're saying if we take or we wait for those fund or those uh, federal and provincial monies that we are um, saying we are not considering buying the land at all. Uh, is that thrown out, or that's just not from those monies? Should the council go ahead or in the discussions? The recommendation as put forward uh, does not consider buying out any of the properties. Uh, because the designs as shown and as tendered uh, were there to remediate the slope. And I don't think the federal and provincial government would look too kindly 
I think this, this is the emergency funding uh, funding uh, pot. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just clarifying because it sounds like that we could not be an option from a lottery windfall of some sort. Or no. So is there any purchasing the property that would have to be via the town portion and town funding? Okay, and this um, business about the alternate designs, how are they alternate? Uh, so the two pile, well, the three pile wall on the contractors are fairly proficient at building piles. This is their bread and butter. They do have engineers on staff that do pile wall designs. Uh, so when we went into this and uh, in Parkland Geo designed the, the pile wall, uh, that just we had to come up with pile wall design to make sure that apples were equal to apples uh, in terms of tendering. But we also felt that. Uh, Due to the specialty nature of the pile wall design, that uh, it was uh, a smart choice to allow contractors to provide alternate designs, provided that it met uh, and was compliant with the existing pile wall design. So there might be alternative construction measures that are introduced, uh, different uh, materials, maybe using you know, like different strengths of concrete or different types of anchors that might be used. Uh, to secure the power wall. So all those have an effect on the construction costs. Thanks. So who's checking those? Uh, Parkland Geo is checking. So the guys that did the original yes. design are checking to see if they're compatible yep. with their work. That's correct. Thank you. Just, uh, could you just talk a little bit, uh, Jim, about uh, timelines and when this work would be done. Um, it's not going to be done in 2017. Well, we may be able to start part of the work, but there it all depends upon how fast we get a response back to it from the uh, federal and provincial government. Right. Through our, like, uh, and there's 120 days yes. business factors into that? Yes. And I've talked to the province about that, and that was, uh, they felt fairly comfortable that they would have this resolved. Uh, quickly. So, so this yeah. kind of work can be done in winter conditions? Then? Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. The, uh, the pile wall at the BMI West Hill is going to be used. Oh, I'm, I, I, in fact, I'm so confident in it, I pretty well drive over it every day. <laughs> and, and, and just a little update for, for council, this, this provincial funding and the federal funding actually came uh, from the active um, uh, pursuits from council um, in, in their conversations with Minister Mason and also Minister Soshi. So last year, um, for the, the councillors who weren't at the AMDC, uh, the councillors, uh, Councillor Needham and uh, Deputy Mayor Manzer um, actually had a meeting with uh, Minister Mason uh, they did a presentation specifically about this issue. Uh, he was um, uh, very concerned, and uh, he also stated that basically we had to get the federal people involved. And then when Minister Soshi showed up this summer in July, uh, led by the mayor and the community councillors, uh, you guys were um, very aggressive in uh, actually talking to Minister Soshi, and he uh, stepped up to the plate and he helped get the, the, the ball rolling. And so that's basically. It, uh, if, if this works out, it'll save approximately $4 million. And 
4.4 million dollars of uh, fee shaper uh, tax rates. So, um, so this could be grounds for DJ to make it to uh, Minister Soshi. Uh, that was also very uh, uh, astute move uh, on behalf of this council. A real spread the credit around you to those councils. <laughs> <laughs> So much of this kind of design work of geoparks on that, have they done quite a bit of structural or facility design work? Uh, yes, they have. Uh, actually, Mike McCormick, who was up here last year speaking to you uh, when we were talking about the original Ultralight uh, site, uh, he was up there uh, talking about uh, the, the slopes to go over at that point. And that's one of the specialties is in making that why we have kind of gone to five point two because they do have a specialization in slopes to go over. And especially just due to the nature of the slide, and it's a fairly complex slide with two slide turns kind of working within there. So uh, I'm fairly confident that uh, you know they've gone forth and modeled this quite well. And it took them a bit of time to actually come up with a model that is going to be stable. And uh, so they have the ranking that we have to do that slope. And this probably isn't really a super fair question. If, in terms of the, you know, if we had that property and there wasn't a limitation of, of the existing structures, do you think that would have changed the design much? If, in particular, I'm thinking of the bike shop, if that wasn't there, would that have made a significant difference? Probably no, not, not really, because in this instance, we actually had to split. Uh, the forces in two, so that's why we have the two pile wall structures. Those two pile wall structures have to work together. Uh, to come up with one single pile wall was then it just became prohibitive just due to the nature of the forces that are working on that wall. We actually had to kind of uh, get those two pile walls to work together, and that's why we ended up with the two walls, two pile walls. So it's not as simple as just filling in that forest slope completely mm -hmm. and, and stopping the movement. Okay. Thank you. Just a final question. Uh, the actual road, I don't even know what street number it is, but is there, that road is, there's no work planned on that road. That should remain as is. That's the one just below the condo? Right. That 98th street? Yes, yeah. we do actually have some work on that. We, we do have, have to recreate that one back in. To, uh, and part of that is for stormwater drainage to make sure that we're not getting to the same point as we are today. And that part, part of that slide, uh, part of the issue was uh, is it never graded correctly to allow the stormwater uh, to direct off of it. All that stormwater was coming off the front and, and going off the front of that and, and getting into it. So I'm contributing to the slide. So the new design basically uh, is that a new stormwater system kind of put in place there, taking our uh, stormwater lines right down to uh, 98th Street, and uh, and then tying into our stormwater system there. So that well, those would be new new cuts down the slope, and if I'm yes. envisioning the future, yeah, we'll be putting in new stormwater lines. Down. Very good, thanks. Let's, uh, you Funding of 99th Street Slide remediation project for 
$3.33 million in town funding with the total project budget not to exceed $6.7 million, not including GST contingent on federal and provincial funding, and that the 2017 budget be amended to reflect the changes to the approval of the 99th Street slide. Remediation part of it, no. Is that, those are two motions, and then if so, that passes, we'll go and uh, move uh, bylaw 2006 for first reading. So um, I have one question for Mr. McQuaid on the SIG figs, 2.233 million, which is 6.7 million. Mr. Peters, I know. You've been reading too many charts, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, so the town funding portion is 2.233 million, and the total overall project is 6.7 million, which includes uh, the provincial and federal funding, MSI. Um, I just said it should be 6.700, not 6. You could interpret it yes. as 6.700. Okay. Uh, so, if the federal and provincial funding by chance does not come through, then this comes back to us to revisit. I would be prepared to move, um, I guess, that whole motion. Okay. The proper signature. Of course, yeah. Okay, all in favor of Deputy Mayor Madison's motion. Uh, the next one on the agenda. Yeah, that'll be a bylaw 2006 to uh, start the purpose of uh, financing. You need a second motion on the the uh, okay. No, that, that, that covers that. Oh, yeah. What we'll need is uh, a motion for um, basically uh, bylaw 2001 first reading of bylaw 2006, bylaw of the town of Peace River, in a way that to encourage indefinite for the remediation of the 99th Street slide. Yeah, that. Oh, that's okay. the deputy mayor. Well, I kind of read both. Yeah, I read it off. It's just one. That's the third one. So is there another motion? Yes, we do. For bylaw 2006. For first reading. Okay. So we have a motion to uh, we present uh, to to uh, read to do the first reading on bylaw 20 or 2006. I'll make that motion worth it to uh, remove uh, bylaw 20. So should we put a number on that in terms of dollar amount? Yeah, I think not to, but it's not in the bylaw. It's already in the bylaw. Yeah, so it's under the part. Okay. It's a, a six hundred and seventy-six thousand approximately now. I'd like it listed in the motion just so it's there. Okay, so let's can we leave it up on that? Have you have you already said make the motion? 
certainly only have the first consolidated motion. Uh, it is uh, approved funding of the 99 Street Slide Remediation Project for 2.33 million in town funding with the total project budget not to exceed 6700 million, not including GST, contingent on federal and provincial funding approval and move that the 2017 capital budget be amended to reflect changes to the approval of the 99th Street Slide Remediation Project amounts. Okay, well, there now needs to be, my understanding, is another motion to uh, to uh, read bylaw 20 to give first reading to bylaw 2006. Uh, I made that motion that uh, Deputy Mayor wants something we put in there to borrow six hundred and seventy-six thousand three hundred dollars plus. Where I said incur indebtedness to incur indebtedness of $667,300 for the remediation of the 99th Street slide. I can read it again. I'm, I'm just reading it from the top of the bylaw. So uh, the council will give uh, first reading to bylaw 2006, a bylaw uh, to incur indebtedness of six hundred and sixty. $7,300 for the remediation of the 99th Street slide. Uh, any, any further questions on that? Debate? If not, all in favor? Pass. That takes us to. Um, A request to for decision regarding bylaw 2008 to give insured funds for the extension of the Saddleback Sanitary Sewer lines. Good evening, Council. Before you is a uh, request for decision for Council to consider second and third readings of bylaw 2008. Um, as the Mayor mentioned, for the um, Saddleback Sanitary Sewer Trumping Code. Uh, first reading of bylaw was done at the August 14th, 2017 council meeting, um, which first reading was given. The bylaw was then advertised as per the requirements of the NGA in the August, 2000, or August 23rd, 2017 and August 30th, 2017 issues of the Record Gazette. Um, at that time, no petitions um, from the electorate were received. Uh, at the time of the writing and none had been received to date. So it's able to go for second and third reading if council so desires or uh, refer back um, if that is your choice. But staff recommendation is for council to proceed to second and third reading of bylaw 2008, which will um, enact the authority to um, debenture as um, identified with their 2017 capital program funding. Your Worship, I will put a motion on the floor that we provide a second reading to bylaw 2008 uh, issuance of a debenture of the Saddleback Sanitary Sewer Trunk Main Project in the amount of $337,000. Um, so this is all covered by the budget? Yep, that's yeah. 
That's correct. And some, both the identification of the funding and then the payment of said uh, debentures have been identified and will be incorporated into the 2018 budget. Um, when those deliberations come up. And I believe all the work is done. The uh, Saddleback, the uh, Pines project is complete. The Saddleback Centre is still accompanying our project is just beginning. So where exactly is that one located then? So that one basically goes up by, from the Esso station up on the top of the, the West Hill and comes down to the slope to a time where we finished up on the shop slide project last year. And, and so that it is a new line, right? That's correct. the advertisement done on this particular project? August in my uh, said motion on second bylaw of 2008, uh, the issuance of the uh, debenture for uh, the Saddleback Center and Sewer until we met the advertising deadline. Um, perhaps you can, okay, uh, so once you withdraw the, you know, so, but he needs, you need a motion to table this item to, just refer to the next council. All right, so the, the uh, motion to withdraw that uh, motion and uh, a new motion to uh, remove this item uh, to uh, in the next regular council uh, meeting. All in favor? Okay, um, there is no unfinished business. Uh, that takes us to new business. Um, so we have a, uh, a request for decision regarding a grants to bridge application. Good evening, uh, Mayor and Council. Uh, you have before you a request for decision regarding the Alliance Church's request for grant funding of $5,000 to assist in the Come Alive Gospel Music Festival. Eastwood Alliance Church has requested $5,000 in grant funding to assist with the Come Alive Gospel Music Festival on the weekend of, seven, of September 8th to 10th, 2017, which was this past weekend. Uh, the Northern Timbers RV Park Campground in Grimshaw was booked for a free three-day outreach funding concert. Uh, the church has invited many churches and businesses in the North Country to be part of this event. Funds raised will go towards 
the Riverside Bible Camp, the CIAM East Valley Radio 101.7, and other missionary opportunities. Um, the administration is, um, has put together uh, three options. The first option is to provide the full $5,000 funding for the, that is, has been requested. The second option is to provide for the peace, uh, provide funding at a level determined by council. And the third option is to provide no event funding. Uh, recommendation from the administration is that council provide funding in the amount of $1,500 for the Peace of the Alliance Church. This amount would be uh, consistent with funding provided to other organizations for similar events. So I have a couple of questions for you. So just uh, confirm for me that this event is uh, was held this past weekend? Correct. And uh, so they, so this organization wasn't aware of our intake dates? Um, they sent this in and was received July 25th. Was outside of the second quarter um, allocations, it had to come in. Can I ask you how much we uh, we uh, donated to the Peace River Street Festival? I believe that was around two thousand dollars. Just hang on for a minute. Regional Business Action Group. Right. That would have been uh, $3,500. Yes. Uh, not including any in kind uh, action. And uh, this uh, particular event, uh, this, this particular uh, music, gospel music festival, uh, did not. Uh, so it wasn't in Peace River, so it didn't attract uh, people who attended a meeting to the town of Peace River. I, I'm not sure. I'm probably camp, the campground was full. I, I'm not sure. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't at the event. So I've got a question about the whole concept here. I mean, this is a fundraiser put on by a church. So that they could raise funds to do their business. They want us to sponsor a fundraiser. So that what if, if we were going to do that, why wouldn't we just give them a donation? Well, I'm, I'm missing the, the whole concept here. Uh, I mean, uh, how is this different than? I don't know. Cancer funds come around once a year saying, hey, we're fundraising, do we, do we contribute to that? I, I, don't, I don't see how this fits into our programming. I'm, uh, your worship is here continuing on with the debate in the council chamber. I guess I would just add to Councillor Sajic's comment. From my perspective, this crosses the line of church and state government. We're, we, I don't think this is fair to put this cost on the taxpayers of, of Peace River. I, I don't see any connection at all. 
Uh, this is a free event. The organizers had the opportunity to recoup their costs at the, at the gate. Um, I don't see the author of this application in a gallery tonight to speak to it. Um, I'm certainly prepared to put a motion on the floor to accept option number three, which is to provide no, no event funding. Yes, ma'am. Uh, yeah, I think my uh, certainly. Uh, well, my 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 particular feeling on this is that it's a Grimshaw event. Grimshaw should have, if it attracts businesses to the, or attracts economic activity to the grant town of Grimshaw, town of Grimshaw has the opportunity to. And I don't know if they did or didn't uh, to, uh, to sponsor this event. Um, I don't believe that we uh, we we uh, saw any economic activity in the time of this event. Um, that's my particular uh, I'm not sure that's correct. Peace River is the economic hub that we can control. You thought it's going to make people think from outside that some people would have some time to call it the Peace River Class. I don't know. I, I think I tend to agree with my colleagues. It, it, it doesn't just meet the their guidelines, but just to reject it outright, not anything. I think there are some, some benefits, and you know, there are residents that benefit some of the activities that they're fundraising for, but it, it, it does, to my mind, it does step kind of you know, away from the line that we decided to well, again, I, I guess we all disrelect. We, we, we respectfully have different opinions on this coffee table. I guess I, I'm just too often uh, community groups uh, come forward and they come up with an idea and it, it, the success of the idea is based on the local tax base. And I, I just can't see the connection, especially when you've got an opportunity to recover your costs at the gate and charge admission fees or charge camping fees or whatever, but to put it on as a free event and then come back and ask the taxpayers to pay for it. I, I, I just can't see it. I, I'm, uh, my motion stands and uh, I, I hope uh, my colleagues support me. No funding. Um, I'm not sure that I really understand their budget. Uh, they're saying expenditures of 15,000 some odd. Um, there's saying that fundraising will be 20,000 total. So I'm not sure if it, what they're asking for, the 5,000 is the difference between that. So it looks like it's a free sponsorship. Anyways, I do agree with some of the comments that have been said as well. Okay, so there's a motion on the table and if there's no further comments, I guess just one comment, uh, being that um, we supported the uh, the organization reluctantly through Peace Fest. I also had uh, chats with uh, Councillor Dave Allen, who's the chair of Powwow. So we're not Powwow, sorry, but Montauk, because we co-own the uh, the uh, the tents together. And some of the comments from uh, from my colleague were uh, the concerns that that we have as both groups is is we didn't mind doing it because it was locally, but a lot of the funding that this group is raising is leaving the area. So one, if you if you read the uh, a lot of the stuff there, one there's, there's 
supporting a local radio station when understanding that radio stations in Napa, that's operating. Uh, number two, uh, some funding to help uh, a young graduate lady um, go on a mission was, was the other thing they were raising funds for. And the third fund was operating, my understanding is operating expenses for a, a Riverside Bible Camp. So I tend to, I tend to agree with my colleagues. Um, don't get me wrong, I do support um, the Riverside Bible Camp, but the criteria that they're asking doesn't meet what this grant sticker is all about. Yeah, so you're basing it on it's an operating cost, yes. and, uh, and that's not what the fund was there for. It was for a, was for an event that uh, brings somebody to the heart that they are concerned for the future. So that's that's my issue. My my was my basis uh, for my vote, and I just was talking with that in my council colleagues that I believe they they have a vote. So I will call for a vote.
we have a briefing note regarding the council orientation statement. So, Councillor, uh, Councillors, uh, after the election, after the election is uh, imperative that uh, the new council uh, has an opportunity to uh, uh, understand what uh, is getting involved in. Um, so, uh, staff has uh, been diligently put together a package and uh, training based on uh, very similar to uh, things that we've done in the past. Um, one of the questions we would like to ask uh, of council is uh, for those who attended last uh, orientation, what worked well and what didn't work well? So if the, uh, the councillors could be uh, so inclined to just uh, send uh, um, Ruth a quick email and just saying, this is worked well and this didn't work well, or as an opportunity to scenario, we'd like uh, a little more information or uh, uh, we'd appreciate it. Uh, but basically, the date we're looking at is uh, Monday. Well, the date we set aside is uh, Monday, October 23rd. It will be a full day. And then um, October 30th will be the organizational meeting in the evening. Um, and uh, that's the basic thing to set up uh, uh, the schedules and the committees. The uh, 23rd, obviously, would be a full day session. And then when we are sworn in, what date? You'll be sworn in actually on the 30th. On the 30th. Oh, sorry, sorry, the 23rd. Sorry, the 23rd. On the 23rd. Because yeah. it's the yeah. at, at the 30th. 5 o'clock or something. Um, yes, it's after the actual the actual um, training session. So there can be um, a council meeting before there's a organizational? It is not a council meeting, it's a training session. No, but. It says uh, October 23rd prior to the council meeting. The organizational meeting. Yeah, the organizational meeting is on the 30th. Correct. So. Well, you, the, the organizational meeting is a council meeting. Yeah. The orientation is not. The briefing note. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I made a mistake. It's actually it was sworn in on the twenty third prior to the actual physical um, uh, training session. Then we have the training session. We, we were debating whether we were going to. Clarify. Clarify. Sure. The the perceived plan is a a morning briefing session followed by an afternoon tour. That's right. We would have to go to council next council meeting on the 25th and request a change in the start time because that's set by bylaw. We would push the start time back to 6 p.m. in order to give councillors a chance to go home and change before the swearing in. Because if you're on the bus, off the bus, and sitting around all day, you might wish to go home and freshen up. You can then be sworn in. The 23rd is a booked council meeting. The MGA says that we are required to hold an organizational meeting within two weeks. It does not say that we can't hold council meetings before that. So the part I'm not getting is, doesn't the 23rd then become the organizational meeting? It does not. That's a very specific meeting and that's where we set up committees and all that sort of yeah, thing. Set the calendar. I'm sure we realize that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just not for some reason for me. Glad you're on the job, Ruth. <laughs> so, is there going to be an effort to uh, uh, evaluate some of these committees before you get to the organizational meeting, i.e., the museum and the library? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
they're by bylaw. All three of the community services, library, and museum. So the library you'll always need on its own. Legally, we have to have a library board. Museum and community services boards, we have to rescind the bylaws or change the bylaws. So it wouldn't happen to before the organizational meeting. Does it make sense to combine those two? We've sort of gone around and around on this issue. Um, oh, sorry. I believe from an administrative staffing issue, um, it makes sense. I'm not sure if the members of the existing board for the museum would necessarily agree, and Councillor Sajak, feel free to, as the council representative. They see the value in having that specific board for that particular um, focus, but there is potential to definitely um, be more efficient to having one board. Potential. And I will step in on that regard. We have some people that sit on the museum board that are very focused on the museum and its activities. And combining with the community services board, I think they would be out of their skill set and out of their stuff that involves what the community services board does. So um, if we were going to consider it, I think it would take some serious consideration and a process, absolutely. One that would require consultation with both boards to have their feedback. And the museum board meets um, every other month, so it's not even a full six month period because we don't meet over the summer months. So we've reduced it down to five meetings a year, which seems to work for that group. And usually it's about four meetings by the time we get down to non-quorum Coming from the uh, community service board, I would tend to uh, concur with Councillor Solicak's comments. Yeah. Well, you're going to have councillors, and you had it in this round, and you had it in the round before, where there's only there's not enough councillors to get a museum. Don't disagree, and there may be some other committees that we can reallocate. We've had some administrative discussions around reallocating an administrative member to some committees as opposed to a council representative. Um, we're not sure we could do that. We need to do some further investigation with some of those boards if they will allow an administrative versus a, a political member. And my, and my message to the candidates of listening on Radio Land, if you're not prepared to put in the time, don't be running for town politics. Okay, so what's the motion coming out of this particular item? There, uh, it's just a briefing out there. So a motion to accept for information. Correct. Mr. Ford, all in favor? Um, there's a request for decision for World Cerebral Palsy Day, uh, and this is a request for a proclamation. Uh, Ms. Ms. Yoon, do you wish to speak to this item? Uh, only if you need me to. Um, so we, we should have a motion to, uh, to proclaim this day. Yeah. Uh, are there any objections to this proclamation? Okay, uh, all, what day is it? Well, the 6th. 
Okay. Does not conflict with the uh, October 4th one. It's in order. And, what, and what's happening on October 4th? Uh, it's just usually when they do the missing and murdered event in, at Riverfront Park. Oh, okay. I, I just, uh, yeah, Sister and Spirit. I double checked because I confused the fourth and so. Okay, very good. Uh, so a motion, um, Ms. Manzer, I saw your hand up. I saw move. Okay, all in favor? Um, I, this is a request from on the Shaftesbury pedestrian pathway. Council, it's with great regret that I bring forward a, a report in regards to the Shaftesbury Pedestrian Pathway Capital Project. Uh, the project design has been completed and was presented to Council in its draft format in July. At that time, there was some interest of Council members to obtain a, what we would call a deletable item, additional quote in regards to what if we paved the trail. We did so when we tendered the uh, design and the work in late August with the closing date of September 6th. Alberta Transportation has reviewed the design. There are some required changes that our engineering firm is going through right now and we're in the bulk included in the tender documents. Any other further, further tweaks would not impact the tender information. Um, we received two tender submissions, one from Ruel Concrete uh, for a total tender price of $874,838. And Ruel Brothers Contracting for $1,046,962.87. Removing the paving or the deletable item, it does, <laughs> it does reduce the construction amount to uh, much more reasonable funds in comparison to what we were hoping for. At uh, 554738 for Ruel Concrete Limited. They would be the lowest bidder on this project. However, unfortunately, our capital um, budget was much lower than the tendered price. This is due to the fact that we use just base work uh, contracted rate um, for the base and the gravel surface, we had not included and did not have a design, so therefore we're not aware of the amount of W beam, grade beam, um, is that correct? W shape. W shape. The barriers that you see along the highway now, we're significantly higher amount uh, that's required by Alberta Transportation. There's a culvert required, there's a lot of build-up work required. This is the benefit of designing and then constructing in your following construction year. So you have better ability to get some um, base pricing before we budget. Therefore, um, what we are looking at for, if we were to proceed with this project, is a current project shortfall of $377,000. And I present to you some options. Um, not my preference, because I was really hoping to get this project done this, this year. So one of the options is to defer the project to the 2018 budget process for consideration at that time. Um, this option allows us to complete the project in one construction season. Um, we're not splitting the project into which does have potential for increased costs as noted in another option later on. 
Um, and we will, administration will have exact construction costs, therefore budget-wise we will be um, on par. Um, we would have to look at potentially uh, retendering the project. So there is some pros and cons when you retender. Your pricing might go up slightly, your pricing might come down slightly. However, we do know the base financial implications. Um, <clears throat> option two is to award the project to the lowest bidder, who is Ruel Concrete Limited, at the current tender submission. However, we will extend, would extend the construction timeline to the 2018 year also, so that we could look at completing the project in 2018. This allows us to, again, complete the project in one construction season. However, it commits this council to this funding allotment for the 2018 capital budget year. That is not necessarily a great, a great way to budget. Um, it, you don't have a lot of wiggle room then if you want to reprioritize your capital budget, budget on other projects. Or if there are higher priorities, you've already made a commitment. Option three is to phase the project over two budget years. It's literally splitting the project into two components, utilizing the total of $200,000 worth of construction in 2017. One of the ideas that we've had is to do the guardrail this season. Um, <coughs> you would have some project work complete and then you do the trail portion next year. We had discussed at length doing part of the trail prep at least but then we foresee a bit of a problem with safety because as soon as anyone sees any sort of dirt moving, it gives the impression that I as a pedestrian could utilize that space and I don't believe Alberta Transportation would be supporting sort of a half part project that would encourage people to walk without the safety mechanisms also put in place. So we would have a challenge there. Um, this also, there's disadvantages to doing so. Uh, what if higher priorities come up next year and all we've done is some guardrail? So if you put that guardrail up first, like typically on a construction project, guardrail's the last thing you put up. Yeah. Because that's going to impact your access to that. So you're working around it. Is that not going to cause you grief? We, the contractor sat down with us and that's who we have the discussion with and they didn't foresee it as a problem. Um, a lot of the work they will be doing will be off-highway mm -hmm. because otherwise we'll be doing a lot of um, redirecting of traffic anyways. So they didn't see it as a problem. And for them it was an easy way to split the project because they have two different um, teams or mm -hmm. construction groups doing that. It's different work. So they, they agreed to it as, they actually presented it as an option if I remember correctly. So along with that, uh, so we put we put in the guardrails. Uh, then we have to go out for a rebid on the other. No, we would extend that contract. If we chose to phase the project, you would um, award to your lowest bidder, and we would split it up within the agreement and extend the term to twenty eighteen so for the if, second portion. So what if we get the. 2018 oh, and there's no funding. Well, we could do two separate contracts. Uh, we might have an issue though, tender wise. No, the council could probably choose to award the tender only for the guardrail yeah. portion and then tender the remaining work in 2018 as a, as a brand new tender. Yeah. Assuming you may say the 2018 budget. 
If not, you've got a bunch of really nice shiny guardrail. That's all you've got. Well, as I was spending my weekend driving down that particular um, area, people were walking on the highway. So a guardrail really isn't going to necessarily... Did you, it, jump, did you jump over when a big truck comes? Yeah. It'll save those individuals who choose to walk through the existing um, right away, the ditch. If people are choosing to walk on the highway, it's not necessarily going to solve that problem. Can you refresh my memory in terms of this uh, project? Was it a three-season trail or a four-season trail or a one-season? Three-season. If we were looking at paving, that would add your fourth season in theory because we could be able to grade and um, maintain it through the winter months then. So we cut out the paving and bring the project down to? Correct. 550000 approximately. Which might be cutting all the pavement might be short-sighted in the long run, depending on your. Yeah, um, three hundred thousand is the paving cost. Three hundred and twenty. So, in the grand scheme of things, but we don't have the three hundred thousand, nor the other three hundred thousand actually constructed for the project at this time. There are no other funds to reallocate to this project. Just looking at your recommendation to defer this to the 2018 budget deliberations with the the other items that you propose to take forward to that budget is this one of your priorities well like is it in the top three well if we go based on our capital uh, asset management priorities replacing existing infrastructure is always your first priority. So the Saddleback Playground would always take precedence in terms of your capital planning because we are replacing an existing um, asset that needs to be addressed. Yeah, I think that's an unfair question because council needs to Ultimately, make, council make, decides. Make Correct. And certainly, uh, I see this as a big safety issue. It absolutely is. And that's part of the reason why council put this on as a priority, hence why this is so difficult um, to have to bring this today. Because we finally have a great design. We have a good plan that we could move forward on. Um, funding is just not as readily available at this time. Well, my pre preference ultimately is a paved um, pathway from Shaftesbury Estates to um, uh, the west, um, yeah. west piece at least. Okay, let, so. let, let me put you between the lines here. Out of the three <laughs> options, what's your preference? Um, Does one option include the paved portion? No, that would be an additional analog. So none of those are my options. So, I think we gotta wait for the next budget year and 
it's going to be waiting at the other project center to come out once I leave to say it. This has been one of my pet projects as well, but um, I can't see us starting with no commitment to finish, and I can't see us putting the burden on next budget when we don't know the next one. Uh, I think it's got to be postponed till next year and rolled into next year's budget deliberation. And if we're still as passionate about it as we are now, it will go in. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm thinking that we all need to push this to 2018 and starting the work this fall. And we'll do it next year. Get the monies lined up and see if we can do it. Maybe we won't go I, I totally agree with with uh, yourself and Councillor Sawcheck's comments. I want to see this. I'd like to see this pro project done with paving, uh, complete in one season from beginning to end. So I'd like to defer to 2018 budget. Yeah. I guess I'm questioning the whole cost of that cost. I'm thinking, does the town really want to do that? I, I just I defer it, and then we'll have that discussion later. So you can rethink it. Well, I, yeah. Yeah. I just I look at these numbers and even if they're a hundred thousand dollars I'm thinking do, do you want to spend close to a million dollars for a footpath that most of the people I see on that trail they're going to stay on the road anyhow like the runners and doctors they're not going to go off on it on, on the if it's trail. paved is it? well maybe it's yeah, paved if it's paved I, yeah. I think they actually would yeah. so then, then, it'd, then it'd be safer it makes more sense yeah it may be safe yes I will uh, add this uh, item to my election platform and when I'm door knocking I'll, I'll pull my voters and I'll uh, take the lead from them so I'll, I'll do some heavy consultation in the next 30 days and uh, let's wait for 2018. Very good. So I was going to make a motion uh, for, well I think the consensus is option, uh, what was it? Option one. One, it? correct, yes. To so defer the project. So we're going to make that motion. I'll make that motion, Marcia. Oh. Okay. Councillor Bird has made that motion. I'll agree. Thank you. And uh, that now takes us to um, request for. Oh, this is a briefing on. Oh, I love briefing notes. <coughs> <laughs> that's good news. <laughs> I don't have to make a decision. Yeah, that's right. No decisions required. Just ask some questions. Yeah. Um, and, and this is good news. We have uh, piling has started. Uh, if you haven't gone down to the site yourselves, I've provided some photos of some. I'd actually like around. to go back to the last sure. item, Shaftesbury pedestrian oh. pathway. Okay. Make the comment. I now know what Mayor Don Iveson feels like when his engineering department and his recreational department come in with but with with cost estimates that were way over budget. It was me. Completely <laughs> my budgeting and now that I've got that comment yeah. and I'll move on to uh, the Peach Window and Recreational Center. Okay, sneak past that one, that's okay. Um so good news story. Um, site grading is almost complete at this site. There is some minor um, grading to be completed, uh, some moving of some dirt still to occur. 
However, steel pilings has begun. Um, that is really exciting. Um, we are looking at approximately about 20 to 25 piles a day for the next 30 some days on average, depending on everything going well. It's actually quite neat to watch if you want to go down and spend 20 minutes watching one of the piles go in. Have they uh, run into anything they didn't expect so far when they're uh, I think there, we've got three or four piles that we have to kind of look at some adjustments on, but uh, so far we're pretty much on track for those. Um, we are within our project guidelines and schedule. Our contractor is making up for a little bit of sitting and waiting time, so we're on track for our schedule. And you will see some concrete forms sometime over the next three to four weeks starting also. So there'll be a lot of uh, physical and defined work starting down at the site. Um, and if Councillor Needham has anything else he wanted to add to the conversation? Just, just quickly, I did uh, send an update around. I think there's two items here. One, I think uh, Deputy Mayor wants to weigh in on, on the topic. But, but before she does, uh, I think one of the other issues that uh, council had, uh, you know, we awarded this tender in April 24th, and it was a day or two before things got fired up. But in the discussions that uh, I've had with staff and with uh, Jim Lee, who is the owner of the company, he assures me that uh, they can make up some of these so-called lost days, depending on when you actually determine what the schedule is. So I think the point was that we started at December of 2018 and worked backwards from a, a time point of view. So. Uh, as an example, this weekend I see J.R. Payne was working on, um, I think I think it worked Sunday as well, but they did some work on Saturday, so it's good to see. So I, I'm somewhat confident that um, they heard our concerns. Um, they were busy last year. They were doing four schools in Alberta. This is one of their key projects. They've rented a couple of houses within walking distance, so they got their key staff living practically on site. The other issue that Council brought up, uh, and I did cover this off, but again, just perhaps for listeners, uh, local contracting is always a, an issue. So uh, McMillan is doing the dirt work, J.R. Payne is removing the water line. Uh, the Weaver Group will be doing some welding. I'm pretty sure Rentco got the security fence, although I'm, I need to check that. And then uh, the concrete that was mentioned, I suspect it would either be inland or Zamata. So, uh, I'm sorry? Okay, no, okay, sorry, there's the third one. So, uh, again, uh, some local employment. So, uh, there is a meeting scheduled. Uh, I think we're on every, I forgot the time frame exactly, but it's it's not two weeks, but it's it's three weeks or whatever it is. But uh, I think they got a good crew, and uh, I think pretty, uh, everybody seems to be energized, and uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think we're off to a good start. Even though we all were a little late, I think, I think we can play some catch up. Uh, just since I've got the microphone, Your Worship, uh, the other thing I would pass on again, I think I mentioned to Council, if you, I, I'm a hockey guy, so I'm over at the arena on August the 14th when they poured the ice, and I can tell you about the dry cement in the middle and the two inches of ice in all the corners, but the latest item that, that uh, Director Bell pointed out to me was, said, did you check the door upstairs? And I said, no, I haven't. So uh, with the temperature change right now, i.e., warm outside, cool inside. You can go upstairs where the, the exterior doors from the ice surface to the viewing area are. You can put your hand on cracks, and I'm sure if you had a birthday candle burning, I'm sure that the wind would blow it out. 
that building is moving significantly. And again, uh, even though the caulking is cracked in a couple places, there's even a couple places now where the actual cindercrete block is cracked, not where the edge of the block is, the actual corner. So uh, just as a side note, if council's interested, uh, maybe the new council, when we do the tour, and everybody gets all excited about a wastewater treatment plant, but if we're down at that end of town, I would suggest that we stop at the, at the arena, and I'll tell you, you can read all the briefing notes you want, but there's nothing like looking at a door jam where the Zamboni is in a five foot span. The, the distance from left to right, I'm going to guess, is somewhere between three to five inches. It's, it's significant. So again, just a, a kind of a learning experience for, for the new council, and uh, I would offer that up as part of the orientation. I will end there unless there's some questions. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Deputy Mayor Manzer had a question on the. Uh, well, actually, another one's come forth. Um, no issues with the school buses and stuff like that around there? All been good? Not that we've heard. Good. No, I'm just asking. Yeah, so far, so good. Okay, good to hear. Besides, uh, between ourselves and the contractor, we've been pretty proactive with the schools for the most part, construction projects around town. Good to hear. Um, the other uh, question I had is whether or not um, Mr. Needham's um, briefing notes should also go to other uh, councils who were on the arena rec committee. Uh, they are putting money into this and at least the question go forth to them, do you want these briefing notes? And they could say yes or no or, or whatever. Very good idea. Yeah, and I just, I, from my perspective, it makes um, whether administration does it or I can do it, but I think let's ask the CAOs and um, yeah, ask the CAOs if they want them. I, I know I I have a hard enough time keeping up with library minutes and MPC meeting minutes and interagency minutes, but hey, if they want them, it's one more address into a, a block and uh, uh, it's, 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 it's not a problem. I also wanted to make a quick note about the Chamber of Commerce uh, presentation that was completed last week. During that meeting, we answered quite a number of questions around uh, specifics around the multiplex. And also we were able to hand out uh, contact information for businesses, contractors, individuals interested in, in having some work through this project, both for Jim and the Town of Servers uh, tender process, our website address, and we provided uh, Marshall Lee's two main contacts, Jim Lee, who's the principal owner, and also the site uh, supervisor, Ryan, can't remember his last name, um, but we gave direct contact information for those businesses to take away, and we've also provided it to the chamber to continue to spread to their membership, so um, lots of good communication for those people to, to access, hopefully, some more work. I did have a concern about uh, from some citizens in regards to noise, which I had called uh, called in about. But I just wanted to take the opportunity to thank administration for getting that letter out very quickly and promptly. I think that's the letter that you sent out, Tammy. Yeah. I did forward it to those residents, and they're quite happy with the response. So thank you. Oh, good, wonderful, and and please feel free to share that. It was um, put as door hangers to the immediate residents, but if there was a road behind or they might not have received it directly, so be happy to, to pass that along just to their information. 
we could possibly post that on the website on our PRRC it just uh, it's we've got the attention of administration I, I commented in an email and Ms. will put it on record if if you've got complaints from a resident you want somebody to talk to them I'd be pleased to go talk to them uh, I'm uh, the first pile driving on uh, the question morning was 121 meters that's because I have a rangefinder in my driveway <laughs> the pile the pile driver this evening was about 97 meters so uh, I'm one of the closest persons to that and of course I have 10 years so uh, perhaps I could help people understand that if you want a rainbow you got to have some some rain clouds and this is part of the rain clouds oh, okay a motion to accept for information support all of them uh, there's another briefing note on the Building Canada Water and Sewer Program for Settlement. Briefing note on the building Canada water sewer project, and this one is for the Saddleback portion. And uh, as mentioned before, this is part of the Building Canada Small Communities Fund grant program uh, that uh, we uh, completed previously the Pines project and the Shop Slide project uh, previous to this project. So we went out to tender for this project and the tenders closed August 23rd. The uh, tenders were received and reviewed. Uh, by administration and by administrations uh, by the town's engineering consultant for this project, uh, Airstow Engineering. And the low tender was $977,182. The allocated budget for 2017 for this project was $1.8 million. So uh, we were glad to see finally a low bid. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> after you to go last and not to listen to cover up the money for the other one, right? Better take your sunshine where you can. After the tenders were evaluated and both technical and financial considerations, the tender is awarded based, and this is based on uh, the procurement policy and CAO bylaw 1971. The McMillan Construction Limited the amount of $977,182. So uh, we, we are just in the process of uh, signing the contracts off and then work can begin this fall. Uh, one of the things that we were uh, fairly quick in doing our evaluations on this one too was uh, with Hurricane Harvey, there is currently a run on HDPE pipe. So as part of this project, we wanted to make sure we got our orders in before it gets all swallowed by uh, the uh, uh, projects that will be occurring in not only Hur Hurricane 
hardened areas, but uh, very thin ermine areas as well. So, Jim, when I look at this thing, this pipeline is going to run around the road ditch or just above yes. the back slope. Yes. It's going to impact all that rock that they just put down in there. Well, and we've uh, assured we had discussions with Alberta Transportation on that because Marlene uh, Kobeka of Alberta Transportation is very concerned that uh, we were disturbing all that good work that she did last year. And we assured her that uh, any disturbance to any of the, the work that Alberta Transportation carried on last year was going to be covered off on, on those projects. So anything we disturb is going to be returned to the same standard. So does that mean if you somehow get a whole bunch of dirt dumped on this rock that you remove it? No, what it means is if, if we're open cutting an area mm -hmm. and to get to place our sewer or water uh, means and at that place, when we replace it, we'll replace it uh, to the same standard, making sure the draft is there. But if there's a little bit of dirt that flows onto it, no, it's not what that means. The irrigable part is it took 25 years to get that nice rock in the ditch up there, and now we're going to yard it out, and it's going to look ugly, but again, it'll get fixed when it's done. Yeah, so it'll be returned to the same standard as what it is today. So this runs right along the highway from sort of the intersection. I'm not making sense of this map somehow. Yeah. So this uh, goes across the intersection over to where the SO is. So it ties in uh, over beside Reasons uh, there across the street and then carries uh, all the way down the highway. So our service road, like when it hit the vessel there, is that, yeah. are we under the service road and then? Yes. Under the service road and then back against the highway. Yes. So, so once again, if you're looking up on 80th Street, we've got the, uh, we're putting in two manholes on that side and then when we go under the highway to manhole number three, which is by the SO, and then underground all the way down from there. So is there are they gonna directionally drill part of that then? Yes. Or that that's why you think they do it without disturbing too much of the rock. And my other question is probably a stupid one, but uh, where did the name come from? Like I would have never guessed that would have been called Shaftesbury Sanitary or the Saddlebox uh, project and uh, that name has been there for, uh, since before I got there, and it was one that was attached to that this phase of the project. Uh, it's also known as uh, Site Three for the Building Canada project. So, so, so when Walmart was built as an example, like this, this is eventually going to tie back into. It will tie into that system. That system is what it is. That's correct. Yeah, if you call it the Walmart system, I know what it is. I'm having trouble with Shaftesbury too. Because it, it's really not. It's really not serving Shaftesbury. It's servicing Sur servicing the Saddleback area primarily. Well, over that Walmart, that Walmart commercial area, over that way, coming back over, and then coming back down again. 
Yeah, but that's, I guess, I don't consider that's, yeah, my, it's that's not what I would call Shaftesbury. Yeah. yeah. No, it is not. Or not Shaftesbury. It's Yeah, I see where the confusion is on the, the, the actual title blocks, but it's actually the Saddleback. Thank you. Did you just show the date over again? 23rd? Uh -huh. September. 
It's uh, runs from, I think doors open at two and it's over by four. I think the actual discussion start at uh, two thirty. And it's at the Sawridge conference. So uh, we can make a motion on this. Right. Oh, go ahead. I'll move that um, councilors be enabled to attend the World Religious Conference September 23rd. Thank you, sir. That takes us to reports. There's nine check registries. Uh, you have any questions on those check registries, please direct them to the CAO, Mr. Parker. information there's a briefing note uh, well really this is just the community services and review board minutes is there anything you wish to underscore there director Bell? no they're quite old due to um, lack of quorum Parker, I think. And we have a letter dated August 5th, 2017 from the MDOT, number 135, regarding the extension of the inter-municipal collaboration agreement. Uh, is there anything that needs to be highlighted there, Mr. There is not, uh, Your Worship. Mr. Parker, okay. So that, um, so what we need, uh, so perhaps a motion to for someone to accept items 10.1 to 10.2 inclusive for uh, I'll make that motion, Your Worship. Okay, Mr. Burke, all in favor? Are there any joints to the motion, Mr. Parker? There are none, Your Worship. Uh, any comments from the public? I don't see any members of the public in the gallery, so I will assume that the
the last uh, council meeting before nominations close. So I was wondering who here is running and who isn't. <laughs> so uh, we'll go with Nora. So do you want to get a sound soundbite from all the members that? Uh, uh, I'm either way, of course I would. Okay, well, I believe I Mr. Needham is is I running. Know he's running. Yep. Mr. Burr is running. Mr. Ford is running. Saw your Facebook uh, page there. Uh, Ms. Tiffany Mayor Manager is running, and uh, I, uh, I'm going to let my name stand for me. You're not running? happening this weekend is the miserable miles up misery mountain so hopefully <laughs> good for whatever conditions they want and that would be the mountain no i'm not specifically <laughs> <laughs> he said she had about 130 people so. and that's the ski club that's putting that on no or the miserable miles group miserable miles in partnership with the ski club yeah. okay so who did i talk to about that then uh, Okay. Um, 